What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, kick off the show here. We're in green! Welcome back to the Mafia Cast. Thank you for joining us once again. We are, of course, part of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm here today with, we have three people here. We got my buddies, John, Mike, Casey. I got the names right. I didn't mix up anybody. John, welcome back. How you doing? Real good. Real good. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. We love having you here. Casey, Mike, what's going on, fellas? Yeah, just glad to be here. Oh. You know, we're here. We did it. <laughs> Friday, man. What, what a way to kick it we off. Made it. Uh, this uh, was, little yeah. mafia cast on a Friday night. There you go. And good evening, Richard. Thank you for coming on and listening what'd you say casey you're in and out again <laughs> i'm i'm sorry i can tell and my internet is wigging out i said this is my struggle of a week <laughs> yep here we go here we go here we go yeah so first of all okay. let's kind of jump in with uh <laughs> there goes casey he is out of here anyway so it's the three of us now it's okay we'll handle it until he gets back that's what so I john Kind of fill us in what's going on with you uh, at the at your stores, you know, um, where they're located and, and things like that. Well, uh, the stores are located, one in Rochester, one in Hamburg, New York. Uh, the Rochester one's at 2670 Dewey Avenue in Greece. And the Hamburg one is right at the corner of Maine and Buffalo, uh, right in the village, inside of Staub Square. And uh, so Hamburg, this well, last week, we had Terrell Bernard here signing autographs and now we're on to the next one and getting ready for the next player to get in here. Excellent. Very cool. That is awesome. So every time you bring in a player the, that same week, do they typically go off like Bernard did? Is that a common theme? I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'd like <laughs> to say it's, it's all because of me and, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but no, I mean, I, it was, what a fluke. Um, I mean, I, he's a great player. I've believed in him since day one. Um, yeah, but I he, just, he had a game. Yeah, that was a huge, massive game. It's fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the Raiders game a couple weeks ago, I was there at that game, and I, I wanted to come out to one of your stores, and the plan was to make it out there, but then Mike and Casey canceled their plans because of whatever reason. So this is their fault. I didn't make it. I'm blaming Casey. But uh, one of these days, I'll get over there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, all you guys got an open invitation and, uh, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't meet you guys out. Um, what was it? Two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Two weekends. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but one of these times we will, we'll, one meet of these up soon. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Definitely. So let's just jump into this case. still trying to figure out his technical stuff, but uh, we're going to jump into, first of all, last week's recap. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the game because by this point with us coming on on Friday, that's a horse has been beaten to death multiple times, but I still do kind of want to hear from you guys what your initial thoughts on the game was, uh, maybe what stood out to you, or what maybe even what surprised you. And we'll start with uh, we'll, we'll start with Mike on this one. Well, it was sort of you know we we played uh, I don't know like like the first game like we're we're adjusting well I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know they kind of. I don't know if they let Josh loose or what I, I was kind of saying that week one and, you know, he's throwing up them bombs and, and, you know, whatever was happening, but, you know, then we came back and we played conservative 
you know, a little more and, and it worked out well. And then we kind of, <laughs> we kind of, uh, you know, we, we kind of were, we were conservative, but we're kind of stepping out of stepping out of that comfort zone a little bit. So kind of easing out of it. And I mean, other than that, I mean, the defense coming up huge in uh, def- definitely key in, in the big win uh, this past weekend. Yeah, it was um, defensively more than anything. But, uh, John, what do you think? What what, what got you going on that game? I I agree. I mean, the the defense is just clicking on all cylinders. And, uh, you know, I mean, everybody made real big plays. Um, You know, Bernard's performance aside, um, I mean, the defense as a whole just got after it. And, uh, you know, usually you don't see this type of form this early in the season. But they're just they're meshing together so well, and you know it's great that they were all healthy. You know I, I hope Poyer's back next week, um, but I, I don't think yeah. we'll we'll miss a beat this week on defense and uh, and the running game. I mean I you know they've managed to establish that this year, and uh, you know it just it opens up the passing game more. So it it's it's good to see that it, it looks like we've got everything in place finally. You know. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Really quick, we got to put this one back up. Roy says, yeah. Casey's on his rotary phone calling AOL now. Um, for those of you that don't know, AOL, rotary phone. A rotary phone is this it's a thing you pick it up to call, and you got to turn this little dial. That's for the younger generation that's not aware. Yeah, AOL my grandparents' old, old farmhouse had one <laughs> hanging on the wall there. Many you know, years. Okay, we're on this topic of rotary phones. I have to tell this story. So um, you guys, I think – if you're on the show, you, you kind of know I work out at a, a dam just outside of town, out of town. There's actually a payphone located out there, right? And it's the only place I've ever seen a payphone in years. But I was driving through there, and there was a couple of ladies at the payphone. So I was like, oh, what's, what's going on? So I pulled up there. I'm like, are you guys okay? Oh, yeah, we're just calling my mom and giving her crap because we've never seen a payphone before. <laughs> it was it was kind of funny, but sorry, I had to tell that story. But moving forward, Sterling Roy, thanks for joining. I appreciate you guys being in here. Um, yeah, I, my takeaway from that game was, once again, Allen just kind of taking what was given to him. Aside from the one interception, which I, I was fine with that in that situation. If nobody else – it, well, let me rephrase it. I haven't looked at the All-22. So if there's no other options, why not just take a shot downfield, maybe get a pass interference. Yeah. Maybe he makes a great play and makes a catch, whatever. So it's it's – it's like a punt. And I know some people don't like to hear that, but if you don't have another option, why not try it? We were in a comfortable spot, that. right? Yeah. 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 So, but Von Miller could be back next week. And the way these guys are playing, and then you plug him into that, into the mix. Um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And I'm, I, I, I hope that we see more of the same this weekend, but we will get into that here in just a little bit. But, uh, Casey is still not back on. He's trying, so maybe we'll get his recap on the game here in a little while. He's slapping. uh, Yeah, he's shaking his head down there. No. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a G show, Casey. All right. (laughs) So we're going to kind of start going into this game a little bit. And before we do that, though, I was running some numbers, and I was a little bit surprised. So I know it's a 17-game season. So 1,000 yards for running back, not not really that big a deal anymore. But James Cook is on pace for just over 1,500 yards, 1,513 yards. And unless you guys saw the, my Twitter post, you, you, you might know the answer to this question, but when was the last time the Bills had a running back rush for over 1,500 yards? I saw Anybody this. in the nose can answer I can't it. remember, but it was long is there ago. Anybody, in the, anybody listening right now in the comments that can tell me? Uh, I'd be shocked if anybody knows this. I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> 1976, the year I was born, <laughs> was the last time a Bills running back ran for over 1,500 yards. Of course, that was O.J. Simpson. I believe it was 1,500 and I think three or six, something like that. But, um, and again, I know we're talking a 17-game season, but still 1,500 yards in a year. If he reaches that, that will be incredibly impressive. He's already leading – I don't know, he's not leading the league in rushing yards, but he's right up there, I believe, in the top five. Let me ask you guys, and we'll start with Casey. Can you hear us? Are you good? And that's a no. So I'll start with John on this. Do you think that James Cook can keep that pace and hit 1,500 yards this year? 
Ah, uh, that's. I I don't think he's going to hit fifteen. Um, I I think he'll definitely break a thousand. Um, but I, I have a feeling that um, other teams are going to catch on to him a little bit and try to shut him down, which I, I'm okay with because we got uh, Allen in his arm and you know a few weapons there. And you know, at that point, you know maybe um, we'll see more use of Kincaid or somebody like that. And uh, but I, yeah, I mean, fifteen hundred. That's that's a that's a tough cookie to break. You know, I, but I, I think he's in for a solid thousand. Yeah. So when was the last time it was a thousand? Do you know that offhand? I mean, like you said, uh, it's more, maybe. a lot more common it, it was, now. I was going to say McCoy. I right. Think was okay. the last one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but f- since then, I think the highest we've had is 800 something from Singletary. Um, which, like I said, 17 game season to get. I'm going to say only. I mean, I probably couldn't do it, I'm sure. But 800 yards in the NFL in 17 games, that's only, what, like 50, 55, 60, somewhere around their yards per game. Well, even less than that because I think 1,000 yards in a 16-game season, 1,000 yards would have been 62 yards per game. So we're talking 800 yards in a 17-game, like 40, 50 yards. But – um. That's okay because, like John said, we've got Josh Allen. We've got the arm. This is not a running team, and and that's fine as long as when we do run, it's effective, which so far it has been, and Cook has been breaking off a couple of nice runs these last couple of weeks as well. But um, uh, John Robert, I think somebody put it up just right now, uh, a little bit ago, but Cook is currently third in the league in rushing probably before last night's game because uh, Montgomery had a nice little game in last night's game. If anybody was watching that, I think 121 yards. Did not have him in any of my fantasy football matchups either, but that's okay. Uh, with the with the Bills going into this game, with Poyer out, I think everybody's probably heard that by now. Jordan Poyer's not going to play Sunday. I actually put up a poll on Twitter to see what people think, should, who should start. Not necessarily who they think will, but who should start and play his place. And I included Cam Lewis. Um Taylor Rapp, and then uh, DeMar Hamlin. And I was a little surprised that uh, I think it was close to 20% said Hamlin. What do you guys think about – well, let me back up. So we were talking about this earlier today, right, with me, Mike, and Casey. And Casey has um, a phobia of Cam Lewis being in the game. And it's funny <laughs> because when he mentioned that, I told him, I said, I feel like a lot of fans only remember that Justin Jefferson catch. And when I put that poll up, sure enough, there was a handful of people that mentioned that. What do you guys think, though? Uh, John, we'll start with you. As far as will we, will it be okay with Taylor Rapp? Are you expecting Taylor Rapp to be in the game? Do you think it should be somebody else? What are your thoughts on it? I I think it probably should be Rapp. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of some of his antics and uh, the way he uh, plays a little bit. But, um, I mean, I think he's – probably the smarter choice over like Hamlin Hamlin. I think everybody's just thinking with their hearts, you know, I don't get me wrong. I'd love to see him out on the field and uh, you know, making some plays and and getting back into the groove. But um, I, you know, I, I'd say you got, got to go with rap. And if, if he struggles, then, then bring in Hamlin. Casey or Mike, sorry. Yeah. So, so I'd agree. Rap, rap probably definitely at the top. And then, so it, it makes me wonder, uh, you know, who's who's next underneath that's going to, you know, fill in for for Rapp's role um, and, and who that's going to be. And if Cam Lewis um, could do that, um, who are we talking? Was there one other we were talking earlier? Or no, that was it. Cam Lewis, uh, Hamlin, yeah. or Rapp. Um, right. Right. So it's Ham- Hamlin and, and – uh, Hamlin and – I just said it. They're, they haven't um, been active this year yet. Is that correct, Cam Lewis? Or no, he is on special teams. Lewis has been, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah so this will be the first time that Hamlin that we know of. I, well, I right. haven't seen anything official that Hamlin's going to be active, but I assume he will be. Right. So we're going to have that spot now. We we would probably move Hamlin Hamlin in. Cincinnati and, and had the, one of the Bengals fan pages had posted that that Hamlin is going to be 
active for the game. But right, I mean, okay. that's okay. Cincinnati. So that makes sense. Right, right. But still doesn't mean that he's coming in and filling that uh, role immediately for Poyer. Right. Right. Well, so I think we all agree. And I then. saw, yeah, and I would think that Paulo Rap uh, will be the first one in. But there was a tweet that I thought was kind of interesting, though. And depending on who comes in, will be dependent potentially on the situation, and the circumstances. Uh, because Rap is is more of a he's more like Hamlin as far as down in the box type of safety, yeah, great run support, maybe a little questionable in the coverage. Whereas I think Lewis is the better coverage guy of the three. So I, I could see that. I could see where they're like, okay, it's first and ten. Um, you know, maybe that uh, they have Rap or or Hamlin in the game. But uh, there was also another tweet from, I believe his his Twitter handle is Pierre Pierre Kingpin. If you follow Bills Mafia uh, on Twitter, you you know who that is. But he commented he went back and watched all three of the Dolphins games, and he was actually surprised that the Dolphins are not a pass first team they are running they are running really really well and they're getting the pass off of that run game and i kind of saw that in the preseason because all three of their games in the preseason the dolphins are running all over people and you kind of chalk that up to well it's preseason but they're doing it again this year so for that reason i would not be surprised to see hamlin in the game over maybe lewis i do think like i said i think rap ultimately gets the start but maybe they swap them maybe they do a little platoon what do you guys think right i I think so, because there's there's the situations where like we're talking, we're saying Rap's going to replace Poyer, but there's some times when Poyer and Hyde are both in the game and Rap is too. So you you definitely got got to see some different looks, certain situational uh, schemes, you know, and you know mix it up, get other guys in there. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, um... So there's some comments here. Uh, first of all, I'll go back one. Uh, like I said, Lewis gave up the catch to Jefferson. People, I think Jefferson fans, make that catch on anyone. Well, the, the the issue was not that he made the catch on him, but the fact that Hamlin or not Hamlin, sorry, Lewis had his hands on the ball and was trying yeah. to intercept him when he all he needed to do was just punch the ball out of there, and that game would have been over. Yeah, but I'm just saying I mean, the talent of Jefferson, you can't let that yeah. overshadow. You know, someone's yeah. whole uh, capabilities over one play. Well, one thing I've learned about Bills fans <laughs> is they do hold a grudge. <laughs> yeah. They, they do not easily let things go. But, uh, and then Scott here, fins are really good, going to be a rough game. Uh, yeah, we keep hearing that a lot. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> hey, the Raiders were talking a lot of crap, too, when they came into town. Yeah. So we just and stayed we'll humble, see, and we'll I see. I believe that's supposed to be Benford at safety before we see Lewis there. I I don't agree with that. I, I think Benford is the starting CB2, period. I don't think they move him around anywhere else. Um, I see him being the guy for the foreseeable future. And I even saw some things, some people commenting, we'll move Kyrie to safety and let him fill in for Poyer, which is just crazy to me. Like, the week of a game, you're going to go play a position you've never played before. And maybe he has when he was in Pop Warner. I don't know, but um, – he has the athleticism, but maybe not the skill set to just step in and do that. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Let's talk about Elam for a second, because that's something else that keeps popping up with this game is he should be starting over Benford because he has the more athletic profile that fits the athleticism of the Dolphins. Um, how many times, though, have we seen in years past, you know, an Olympic sprinter come into the NFL thinking that they can play receiver and they can't like, yeah, it's great if you got all the speed and everything, but he couldn't beat out Benford and he couldn't beat out Dane Jackson. I don't want him on the field right now. I don't care about the matchups. I think Benford will be fine. Are the Dolphins going to make some plays on our secondary? Probably. But, um, John, what do you think about Elam? Do you or, do you think he should come in? Should they platoon the position or just roll with Benford and hope for the best? I say go with Benford. I mean, unless, um, you know, they've been – 
you know, going back to the offseason, unless they've been preparing Elam, you know, to go in in case uh, Hoyer or Hyde goes down, you know, like you said, um, you can't four days before the game say, hey, here you go. You know, we're, we're throwing you in at safety and, uh, you know, good luck. Yeah, right. Uh, I mentioned this earlier about, well, I'm not sure, says O'Neill. I'm not sure who we're referring Saran to. Neil. Saran, Saran Neal. Okay. Um, he can play this position also. Uh, he did play well in the preseason, as did Cam Lewis. Uh, I kept seeing a lot of reports about the two of them were having their best camp. But, again, <laughs> that's preseason. I, I want rap in there as far as that goes. And I don't want – I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but I don't want Elam on the field. I just don't. I, there's a reason why he couldn't beat out those two for the position or even the backup role. So why would we put him on the field against arguably the best offense in football? It just doesn't make sense to me. Not now. Casey, are you are you are you in here? Can you hear us? Am I here? Am I alive? I, I hear you. An yes. Is there yes, something else I can help with? Oh, oh Siri. <laughs> Siri's stupid. Talking. Siri, oh, shut man. up. <laughs> don't talk to me like that. I didn't that. say that word. I don't know who said that word. Anyways, all right, Casey. Let's jump back really quick since you're in here. Number one, because I know you have some thought on on the safety position on who should fill in for Poyer. I so we were texting earlier, and I my stance is it should be uh, rap. I mean, they brought him in here. I mean, they didn't pay him a bunch of money, you know, but they brought him in here and kind of like this is like a, he was good enough. He's a Super Bowl champion, you know. He was never the main reason, but he was a reason why. And I think that he can, like, he is as good of a backup as you will ever find, you know, in the NFL. Like he, he could be starting on multiple teams. We're just lucky to be Super Bowl contenders. And he wanted to try to win another ring. And I'm sure having Von Miller on this team helped, you know, bring him along. Cam Lewis. This is where Ronnie and I differ to where I believe he's only on the team for, just because he has that ability to play, he's the primary uh, nickel backup and he can play safety. And I think that's what keeps him available because it keeps that extra roster spot. You know, like somebody like Hamlin who only plays safety, it, like they would have to carry Cam anyway to play nickel. So if they keep Hamlin out, you know, they, they're like, okay, he's good. Cam is good enough at safety to where it covers like it it's worth it to keep that roster spot then that that's the only reason why i think he he's there over hamlin i think hamlin's a better actual safety better at that position one-on-one but i just the versatility for cam is what keeps him active and on the team and i i would actually agree with that his there's a lot of guys on this team whose versatility is why they're here uh, and I think what you and I were kind of talking about earlier was it's not an ideal situation by any stretch of the imagination. Is there a drop off from Poyer to any of these guys? Absolutely. But um, just it's just the fact of the depth and that the Bills have at the position. They have options, right? Now, I think people are most concerned of this week because it's the Dolphins. If we were going in against the Raiders again or the, the Jets or the Patriots or even the Chiefs, I don't think people would be as concerned about it, but it's the Dolphins who just put up 70 points, which quite honestly, I'm tired of hearing about the 70 points. It's like, <laughs> I get it. It's a Madden score, but it's also the Denver Broncos who might be the worst team in football right now. Um, might you know, the be. Broncos played, yeah. Well, they play the bears this weekend. So we're going to find out which of those two is the worst. <laughs> you <know, laughs> yeah, got a good point real quick about the 70 <laughs> points. I, I sort of feel like, you know, they, they ran up the score. Um, going into this week, trying to intimidate us because Absolutely. they're scared. Honestly. Absolutely. And, well, and with the Poyer thing, I'd rather have him at the end of the year when we face them the second time than now is really really when I'm not too concerned right now about it. And I think our guys can, can still get it done. The only thing that I would say maybe against that, like I love to rub muddle over the Dolphins any chance I get, but – they did have a chance to set the NFL record, and they didn't. They chose not right. to. Yeah. So for that reason, I, I don't know but, if you know. 
that's even overkill for what they did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like that. Like that's that's where you know, like you are blatantly put rubbing it in their face. I mean, seventy right. is doing it, but you can't help. Football is one of those games to where if you don't play it a hundred percent, Mike, my grandpa taught us this. If you don't play it a hundred percent, that's how you get hurt. That's when you get hurt. Because if right. you're going eighty percent and someone's coming at you a hundred, you're going to get hit a lot harder, and your exactly. body's not going to react as well to it. So yeah, even when they put the backups in, White threw a freaking you know, or Skyler Thompson threw a sixty-five yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson over Patrick Sertan, chosen. like who was deemed Robbie yeah, chosen. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He looks like an island boy. Um, but he like over Patrick Sertan, who was rated the number one corner in the league. You're telling me like that team didn't give up, you know? So yeah, like it's it was one of those things to where they, that team rolled over and the that they the backups still have to play. They're still putting on game like game film for other teams to see because what if this is the only chance they get for the Dolphins? But this chance they got provided them another chance for maybe the Broncos to start next week. You know who knows. Yeah. You know, talking about Skylar Thompson and that touchdown he threw, the, him, I think he was, what, two for two for like seven yards and a touchdown yeah. in that yeah. game? That's exactly why, and, and Casey, I know you want to talk about this, that's exactly why I I don't want to say that the Dolphins' offense is overrated because obviously they they can score. We, we understand that, but I don't I don't know that it's all about Tua. It's not all about it's, – it's that speed. That speed makes all the difference in the world in this offense, um, and the fact that and the scheme and the fact that Tom, uh, Skyler Thompson can go in there and basically duplicate what Tua was doing, that that tells me that it's a, it's a scheme situation. It's the players around their quarterback. Tua is a great guy on a personal level. I, I I I've seen a lot of his press conferences. He's a really good guy. I just don't see him as a quarterback that can carry a team um, if he had to. And so, Casey, I'll let you take it away from there because I know you've got some thoughts on that too. Well, I mean, Tua, I was talking to a couple of buddies today, and I've, like, everybody watches football. You can, you know, usually you follow the football. You know, that's where the the football is going, where the play is going. But when Mike and I went and watched them last year in person, like, it made me gain so much more respect because I was not a Tua believer coming out of college. And I, I mean, the first couple of years, it, I mean, it really seemed like I was right. You know, he, he was a limited quarterback. He couldn't push the, ball down the field yes he was accurate but if his first read wasn't there then he just held on to the ball and he that like that's when he was getting hurt that's when he was getting uh sacked and hit and he also had blind brian flores um to me that this team is all about mike mcdaniel i mean it's it's amazing you know what an offense can do you see okay this quarterback can't do this but he can definitely do this and do this very well so what we're going to do is we're going bi- mean, to just build around those strengths. They're like they built the team right for what they have for at quarterback at their disposal. I mean, they got people who can separate and just run away from people. I mean, just their pure, like you said, their mm-hmm. pure speed alone <clears throat> is enough to where Tua can hit them fifteen yards down the field. But on that crossing route, the guy behind him is not going to catch him. Because because of that pure speed, so it, to me it's yes, it's not about Tua, but he is playing well because he's being put in the right positions. He's playing really well within the scheme, is basically yes. what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, but like, could Josh Allen play in that exact same scheme? I don't think there's a chance. You know, I he's just not that type of quarterback. He's in the like he's Josh plays in the exact scheme I think right now that he's supposed to play in what Dable has him, had him in and then what Dorsey has him in now, but he's not the, the read and quick pass, you know, West coast offense quarterback that Tua is. But when he was making those short passes, he did make it look good. Tua. Yeah. No, gosh, a couple weeks gosh. ago. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I was going to say, I, I have to disagree. If you give speed all over the place that they have, and put it on the bills. Allen's going to feast all day. Like that speed is what makes it the difference, a hundred percent on that that offense. And I'm not taking any. But I don't think it would be. Not... Go, Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I would say I, I, I. 
<laughs> lost my train of thought now. But <laughs> Sorry. I, I, yeah, I, I just, just don't think they would be used. <laughs> they wouldn't be used the way that they're being used. I think it would be well, used not. more to push the ball directly down the field. And, I mean, John, obviously, I mean, let's see who can who can run faster, the ball or Tyreek. You know, like, right. let's see who can. And I agree. Are, run we, football. are we saying those players with the speed on our team, or are you talking about Josh Allen in Miami? In, yeah, in the scheme. Well, that's the whole thing. If Josh playing Allen in that Daniel. scheme, right. I don't think is great. Josh playing with those players would be f- unstoppable. Okay. But in our scheme. Well, yeah, and that's the difference, I think, because you're right. If that speed was on the Bills, their scheme, they would probably, yeah, push the ball down the field. And they would probably be putting up 50 a game because Josh has got to throw it 70 yards and then Hill or Waddle go get it. Like, that's all it would be all day long. And it would probably be successful. I don't agree with the fact that if you plug Allen into that Dolphin scheme, that he wouldn't be successful. I think he would be just as, as successful. Because he, yeah, I, I, yes. Okay. Let me take that back. I think he would be su- as successful as Tua is, but I don't think, like, he would. I don't think that this. Casey, you're going to get Spence on the show here to bet you <laughs> on something. Oh, here. We, what, <laughs> is Josh going to get traded to Miami? No. no. <laughs> you're scaring me, though. Yeah, you're, you're scaring me, though, because we're, it's almost like we're, you're, we're, we're not. I, don't, I just want to tell everyone we're not saying Josh Allen isn't better than Tua. <laughs> no, let's take a step back. I want to hear from John uh, on, on your thoughts on this little conversation that's going on. How can I follow this think? up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are some quarterbacks. I think that are scheme based quarterbacks. Like they have to have a specific style, a specific, specific game plan and scheme. And that's how I see Tua. Props and kudos to him for playing the way he is within that scheme. But somebody brought it up earlier, uh, Roy, I believe, 80% of his passes go to the first read. That works for him because that first read has usually got a step already on their corner or linebacker, whoever it is, because, to case to your point, McDaniels does do a good job of misdirection and disguising what guys are doing so they can create that quick separation. And then you add that to the speed, and it's very difficult to get them off that first read. Um, can they do it? Absolutely. I think pressure straight up the middle is the way to do it. Um, so before seen... we get into that, though, yeah, let's hear from – let's go ahead and talk about – I mean, we've been talking about this game anyways, which I knew I was going to get to this point because this is a big game, guys. This is a huge game. I know it's only week four, and even if we do, don't do win this game, I'm not concerned about the season going forward at all, but I, just, I don't want to hear Dolphins fans. <laughs> I do not want to hear from them all week long. <laughs> But, uh, but John, first, let's get – I want to start with you. Kind of what are your – maybe your keys to this game? Like what do the Bills have to do that's going to make this difference and, and, and maybe not necessarily stop the Dolphins' offense, but at least slow them down and, and uh, for the Bills to come out with a win? Right, just play like we've been playing the last couple of weeks. I, I think Miami's going to end up hurting themselves a little bit just by coming off that 70-point drubbing of, of Denver. You know, I, I – it's hard to put up 70 points in the NFL and then a week later be back to, Hey, we got to take care of business. You're still going to be on that high, you know? And I I can guarantee one thing that they're not going to put 70 up again, whether it was against us this week or new England or the jets or Chicago or whoever, you know, they're not going to do it two weeks in a row, you know? Yeah. Could they put up 40? I, Definitely. But I, I just think that they're going to be, I, I think it made them, it might make them a little bit too cocky going into this week and not to take away from McDaniel or anything. I mean, they, they know that they're facing a good Buffalo team and, you know, if we go through and play like we did the last couple of weeks and um, just stick to our game plan, I think, I think we should be fine. And, you know, it'll be a close game, but uh, I see I see Buffalo beating them. And we'll get to our score predictions here later for sure, because I do want to hear what everybody's thoughts on it are. And I before, just wrote mine down. Uh, <laughs> before I go, I, I'm going to go to Mike next, but before I do, I saw a stat earlier today that when a team scores, and I can't remember the exact number, but an ex, a significant number, they're one in six the following week. So, so to your point, John, yeah, it's hard to follow it up. The other part of that that you just mentioned – 
Oh, somebody actually in here mentioned it in the comments. Um, and it's already been buried. Oh, here it is. Uh, the Patriots slow down the Dolphins. That's a good point because the Chargers, whose defense is terrible, I think they're last, they're next to last in the league in total yards. They gave up a lot of points to the Dolphins, but I think it was like 35. It wasn't 70. Um, the Patriots held them, I think, to 24. So to go in here and then almost from all the comments all week long from, from other fans, from the media, all I keep hearing about is can the – you know, the, the Dolphins' offense is this. It's that. Can the or the Bills' uh, defense stop them? Um, but before I go too far down that rabbit hole, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? I forget now. <laughs> no. No. Um. So, obviously, uh, the Dolphins are going to stretch the defense, Um. you know, with the speed. So, um, we're, we're going to need to stay consistent, do, do what we've been doing. Uh, John's guy there, Bernard, he's going to – you know, if he strings together another one of these uh, sweet games, you know, we're we're sitting real pretty, I think. Um, so so like the middle, the middle of the defense, I think is focused. Don't lose the top. But, you know, watch out over the middle. Don't let them, uh, you know, try to limit yards after catch, you know, if you can. Um, and other than that, yeah, the offense just stay consistent and kind of do what they're doing conservatively. Not that, you know, chucking it up there, chucking up prayers or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, even with that, Allen has had his way with the Dolphins for a long time, uh, pretty True. much since he came into the league. And, Nine and one. You know, you look at – yeah, like you, you look at the Miami's uh, defense that nobody's talking about, and there's a reason why nobody's talking about that defense. They're not that good. Uh, they gave up – I mean, 20 points to the Broncos, that to me is a lot because Broncos are terrible. They are so bad. But they gave up 34, I think, to the Chargers. And then uh, I think they – did pretty good against the Patriots, holding them like maybe 17. But, again, Patriots offense might be one of the worst in the league as well. They haven't really played anybody. The Dolphins haven't. And and most teams in you know in their defense, most teams at this point haven't. It's only three games into the season. But I think the combined record for Dolphins opponents was like 2-7 and seven or something like that. Um, the Patriots haven't won a game yet. The Chargers have one win. And then, well, I don't think Denver's won a game yet either, have they? So – uh, and so I'll leave it at that. But, but Casey, what are your thoughts on the game going forward? Is there any concerns that, you know, are you nervous about this game? And somebody in the comments asked that question. So what do you think? Oh, I mean, every single person in Bill's Mafia is lying if they say they're not nervous about this game, whether it's because we've all talked too much on the tweeter machine or if we just <laughs> we, we're not doing the ones talking, but we're tired of hearing Miami talk and they haven't even won anything yet. Like no matter what the reason is, like it, I'm just I. We have to win this freaking game, and the no, way I think we do it is <laughs> we got to take away the middle of the field and we got to tackle. No, that this, I can't remember who I think it was Pierre Kingpin Kingpin on Twitter put it out today that Miami is a run centric team. They they're based yeah. off the run, and I mean you saw that a lot last week. They they tried to run the ball to like stop scoring last week and a chain and Mostert could not, not go in the end zone, you know, like that. It, it was one of the most amazing thing, like offensive performances you'll ever see running and passing. But if we can tackle and like shut down the run and truly make them one dimensional and put this onto his shoulders while taking away the middle of the field to make them stretch the ball vertically instead of horizontally, that, that, builds well for that bodes well for us if we can keep them you know like at 30 or under you know 32 or under we win that fo we win this football game because we can put up 35 points against this defense it's not yeah. that good of a defense it, it, it truly isn't i mean they've won I and mean, they beat the Chargers on a turnover they i mean they got they got turnovers they won the turnover battle which is why they won that football game they won the they won the turnover battle against uh, England, which is why they won that football game. They don't do that. They only have one win, and that is why. And that's like the seventy point. That's the seventy point game. Other than that, like they, their yeah. defense is is still suspect at this point. So, I think we just yeah. got to take away the middle, take away the run, and let everything else like fall to us. Yeah. Uh, I want to sh a shout out here to Jeff King. Thank you. We appreciate that. 
his comment, people are wondering why we're favored in this game because we ain't no Jesus um, show, so I won't repeat that. Broncos, go Bills. Uh, yeah, go Bills. But he's right, and somebody else put it up in the comments earlier that the bottom three defenses in the league, Bears, Chargers, and Broncos, and the Dolphins have faced two of them. We saw this last year too, actually, with the Dolphins. It, it was like, oh, my gosh, the Dolphins are under terror. They're destroying everybody. Then they ran into people, the teams that actually can play football, and then went downhill from there. Um, and I'd be curious to see the numbers on how many points the Dolphins have scored against the Bills' defense since McDaniel McDaniels arrived because Buffalo, they've done a pretty good job against the Dolphins' offense in the past. Uh, the one thing that does worry me a little bit with this game is I think the Dolphins are running the ball a bit better now than they were in the past. But – uh, I think I think our defense is going to be up for the challenge, and I want to hear what you guys think about what I'm about to say. But all this talk all week long about how great the Dolphins' the, uh, offense is, do you think that the Bills' defense is listening to that and be like, "Okay, that's cool, y'all keep talking"? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like I am. Ever since that Raiders game, when <laughs> we heard the Raiders fans talking crap, and and we were all just like, "Yeah, okay." And then there was a point in that game where I was worried. I mean, early on they got. I mean, that, we're going weeks ago, but. I, I like staying humble and hearing the trash talk, and I like to think it does motivate us. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, and I think Miami fans forget that what was it back in twenty one? You know, we beat them by thirty. We put fifty six up on them. You know, <laughs> with our but with our backups, yeah, <laughs> backups in the second half. Yeah, I remember that game. Yep. Okay, um, I so kicking the corner to my desk and moving my camera. <laughs> Ronnie, you wanted to know how many points that they've put up in the McDaniel era against us. So every game, I got to say, it's gone up 21, 29, 31. So I knew there was at least one 30 point in there. It's tapering. And the only, but the only game they won was when we was when they scored the least 21 points. And that was the, so uh, (laughs) yes, yes. That was a game played in the middle of the earth. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> um, so that means, I mean, it's kind of coming full circle to what we all learned in the Super Bowl. It's not really defense wins championships anymore. It, it's, it's the high scoring like offenses that can, I mean, with mixed with yes, a good defense, but I mean, 31 points, 32 points, and you're still winning a football game. I mean, that Super Bowl was a high, a mid to high scoring football game last year. It's it's these offenses are gonna win it that are have the halfway decent defense and our defense is way better than Miami and that's what gives us the big advantage here. It's yeah. by far. I mean, we can go. Yeah, I don't. Go to toe with the I don't know what the Dolphins. Them. Yeah, I don't know what the Dolphins defense is ranked, uh, but I know Buffalo's is number two currently, uh, behind I think the Jets. Somebody correct me on that if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, teams have scored on the Dolphins and. Yeah, I know that they can put up a lot of points, and you're right, Casey. I think this league has changed where it's no longer defense wins championships. But when you have two, I don't want to say equal offenses, because I, I do think that, you know, as far as the scheme and the coaching and everything, the Dolphins do have the better offense, especially at this point in time. But when they are kind of close, the defense does matter at that point. And I do think that the Bills' defense is going to make some plays that I don't see the Dolphins' defense doing, and I think that's a difference in this game. Um, but, again, we'll get into – uh, the score predictions here in a little bit. And I want to get into some of these, the comments here. Uh, Roy, first of all, I hope somebody other than Diggs contributes more in the receiving game this week. Well, let's, let's talk about that. We might have to real yeah. quick to go, I mean, to go back to your Dolphins defense. They're 18th and we are currently 18th. third. Okay. Third. Who's in front of us? Uh, San Fran and Cleveland, actually, who has given up, I oh. think, a total of like 26 points in the first three games. Okay. Wow. All right. Fine. Third, whatever. <laughs> so uh, as far as the uh, Roy's comment here, other than Dix contributes more in the passing game this week, I, I don't necessarily think that's really an issue because we have Diggs and then Kincaid has contributed, Knox has contributed, Davis has contributed, like all of these, and Cook too. All of these guys in their own way throughout the game is contributing. I don't necessarily need to have a guy go over 100 yards receiving that's not named Diggs. But if you've got four guys that combine for 150 to 200 yards, that's great. I'll take that any day. 
Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, somebody else mentioned here, Kincaid going off for this game. Um, T. Dobbs here says Kincaid's going off for two touchdowns, book it. What do you guys think about that? I'm not using that as my free parlay in uh, DraftKings this week. Sorry, <laughs> T. Dobbs. <laughs> I do think that Kincaid could have a good game this week, though. And just due to the fact, I mean, they have uh, Javon Holland, and I got to be honest, I don't know their other safety's name. Um, it's because they're but not that they good. always, well, I mean, Javon Holland's pretty good. I got to give him credit. Well, I'm talking um, about but, the, the names, people you uh, can't name. Yeah. Um, but they've got, uh, Aziz, uh, I think Aziz went down there from uh, San Francisco, uh, who's a great linebacker. I was big into the camp that the Bills should have went and got him this year. Glad we didn't. John, you're right. I'll give you credit where it's due. Um, but I, I think Kincaid and Knox, it definitely could be like the two mismatch, biggest mismatches in this game. Yeah. You guys are making me uh, think of, we, we were talking about the schemes earlier, um, the, you know, Josh Allen and this scheme or that. What, but what this makes me think is that how similar they are because, um, you know, the, the different looks, the motions, uh, the misdirections. So, you know, the more of that we try to work in and maybe – beat Miami at their own game, then, you know, we, we could see uh Kincaid really, you know, have a, have a decent game. I don't know if I want to say a breakout game, but you know, hit, hit that next level, um, you know, putting up some stats, scoring, whatever. Yeah. John, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I, I'd love to see, I'd love to see Kincaid go off. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, what I hear today, the the over under on uh, Kincaid for yards is like forty six this week because he hasn't you know come close to it. And yeah, you know, I, I think if he could get 70, 80, you know, maybe ninety, um, it it'd be a great week for him. Could be a great week for us. Um, you know, take the um, pressure off of Diggs and Cook a little bit, and uh, you know, just kind of confuse Miami and throw them off their game plan. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people this week on social media talking about Kincaid having a breakout game. I honestly don't know where that comes from, to be honest. Like, he hasn't really done anything... Uh, to, for me, that makes me think that's coming, and I'm not saying he's playing poorly because he's not. He's he's you know he's getting targets, he's making plays. I don't think he has a maybe one drop this season so far, if any. Uh, I know there was one in the this last game, I think, but I don't know if his credit as a drop or not. But Knox is still the number one tight end on this team, and, and unless that changes, I don't see Kincaid having that breakout game that some people are hoping for. And I also think some of that hope is coming from what Sam Laporte is doing over in Detroit. Like the kid's having a phenomenal season. He's making a, a you know, a very legitimate run at rookie of the year. But you look at Detroit, he's their number one tight end. They have Amon St. Brown and then, then who? So That's it. Kind of, That's it. Yeah. He, right. He kind of steps into that number two option already. Um, now there's a, potential of Jamison Williams I think comes back uh, they changed those the gambling situation so he's going to be reinstated after this week his suspension got oh, reduced to four games really so we'll see yeah so we'll see how that affects Sam Laporta going forward or if at all maybe it won't but 
So Kincaid, to me, I know he's great. People love him, and I can't wait for that breakout game. And I think long term, he's he's you know going to be one of the best tight ends in football. But right now, it's Diggs, it's Knox, it's Davis. There, we're starting to see a little bit more of Hardy sprinkled in there. We've seen some of Shakir sprinkled in there. There's just so many guys on this offense that are just kind of spreading the ball around. I just don't see an avenue where he can break out. Well, that and last game, you could tell they were trying to get the ball into Trent Sherfield's hands. Like it was yeah, it, yeah. like he hadn't gotten a touch all year. And right away, every, it seemed every single time, the first four times he was on the field, Josh was looking his way. He was one of the first two reads and it, it resulted in a catch, but like, it, it like there's, there's so many mouths to feed, you know, like there's, Fantasy people are going to hate this, but you know the only you know fantasy relevant people are going to be like Josh Allen, James Cook, Stephon Diggs. Other than that, you know it's going to be the shot in the dark as to who's going to you know get the thirty yard touchdown pass. Yeah, a lucky Gabe cat. Yeah, the lucky Gabe cash. will get you you know eleven points last week, but that's Maybe all they like, that might be all they do. Yeah, uh, I do want to address this comment here. Spin does bring come up kind of an interesting point. Brown is the reason why Kincaid will be able to outproduce Knox in games. Kincaid hasn't outproduced him yet. So I don't know that that's necessarily true, but I understand where he's coming from. Knox is a better blocker at this point in their careers. So if Brown is struggling, then yeah, I can see where Knox has to stay in and help protect mm. Josh and help uh, Spencer Brown. And that would potentially open up the door for Kincaid. But with three games in the season, we haven't seen that yet. And we've seen Brown go up against Max Crosby. Um, we saw Brown last week. Um, Chase Young. Let's save it for later. Yeah, Chase Young. So... <laughs> Brown has been playing well. Has he been, you know, perfect, great? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think Brown is better than people give him credit for, especially right now. He is playing well. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have anything to add on to that? There's some more comments I want to get to, but I want to open up for you guys to. Kincaid hasn't been used in the slot like we all expected him to. We expected him to be the main slot, the number three option on this offense. Because he was he wasn't an inline tight end. He was not, you know, we were told he was was not an inline tight end. He was not gonna block, you know, he was not built for that. He's you know, the Mike Asicki type. And what do we see him doing? You know, we've seen him block and block well. He's been an inline tight end. He's yes, has he lined up in the slot, but I don't think nearly as much as we expected him to. And whether it's you know, he's still he's still adjusting to the game. Um he's still like a one of our yeah, like I was gonna say, like one of our uh, watchers said, he's a rookie. He's gonna learn. He's gonna get better. The game needs to slow down. Every pro always says, you know, there's always one game where it all finally clicks and it slows down. You know, they can finally see what's going on and see the whole field. So until you know, until he is a slot guy and is and deems himself the number three option on this team and he's used like it, like he. It's still going to be Knox. It's still going to be Davis, and it's still going to be Dix. You know, yeah. it's not like he's just still going to be another great complimentary piece. But the draft capital is what people is, people are kind of getting worried about at this point. And which, yeah, I don't mind it. Why Kyrie Elam is such a big name that people want to yeah, see on yep. the field. Yeah. Personally, I don't care where you're drafted. If you're not playing, you can't get it done. Then don't play. Like stay off the field. Yep. I don't care where your draft position is. But exactly. Um, uh, Kind of, oh, uh, there was one comment here. Kincaid getting around five targets per game, pretty much splitting targets evenly with Knox, and that is accurate. I, I don't remember the last game, but I think the previous games, almost exactly 50 50 split between them. Uh, but Casey, to your point, they have been playing a lot more of that 12 personnel uh, that we've talked about. And, and this is a question for John. Do you think maybe going forward we'll start to see a little bit more of Kincaid in motion and moving around the, the formation? We're just not seeing it yet for a couple of reasons. Um, but if not, what are those reasons? Yeah, I, I'm i not sure. I mean, I I, I kind of thought that he would, uh, you know, he'd be in a different position at this point. Um Sorry, I just got distracted. One of the other people walked by here, and I lost my train of thought now. What was the question again? <laughs> Happy Friday. Yeah, I, I'm getting Casey syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just um, – Why are we not seeing more of the motioning from Kincaid and moving around the formation? Yeah, I don't – 
I don't know. I mean, like you guys touched on it earlier. I mean, there's just there's there's so many so many weapons and so many um, people to get the ball to. You know, I, I don't think we've been in a position that we've really needed to yet. You know, or I mean, maybe McDermott's keeping it up his sleeve. You know, yeah. and just waiting for the right time to to you know unleash it. Yeah, I, I like I like that take. Like we're you know we're playing kind of conservative with him. You don't want to beat him up, you know, in the first few weeks of his first year in the NFL. Um, and yeah, like the Lions, I mean, Laporta's getting it done. Um, but, but you can't you can't put all that on Kincaid's shoulders here now. And you don't yeah. have to. <laughs> right. You don't have to. No. That's so I like to save it for right. when we need him and, yeah, just not beat him up and, and you know, kind of ease into things and, you know, see how it works. And I, I'm going to go back here to what Spin was saying because he's trying to – Trying to one up me here. Kincaid, 11, 12 reception, 72 yards. Knox, 7 to 12, 46 yards. Uh, Papa Ron, care to change your viewpoints on who's out producing who. Let's break that down per game, though. Um, and who has more touchdowns? Exactly. Yeah. So, and if you're talking about the difference between 72 and 46 yards over three games, to me, that's not really out producing. Is it a little bit better? Is it more? Sure. But I don't think it's out producing. Um, we'll see. Maybe he does have a big game this weekend and goes off. I'd be all for it, but I'm kind of leaning more towards the – I don't think they want to play all their cards three weeks into the season, four weeks into the season. I yeah. think that's something we're going to start to see as the season progresses, though. I think as um, uh, Kincaid gets more acclimated to the to the game, to the speed of the game, that's when I think we'll start to see him utilize more as far as motions, maybe moving him out into the slot. But um, – Again, going back to yeah, Hardy, Sherfield, Shakir, there's a lot of guys that can play that slot position. So Spin is really he's he's trying. <laughs> I know, fine, it's out producing, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Spin. We do appreciate you always being here every single week. It's 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 good to hear from you, man. Um, we do need to move on. That's we have a very good point. <laughs> we have a couple of other quick things. Um, we want to do our power rankings this week. Uh, since I I failed on that last week and did not have a top 10 i'm gonna start though before yeah. you guys still any of my thunder all right <laughs> so here's my top 10 i got san francisco philadelphia i think those two teams are the most complete teams right now followed by the dolphins um kind of i don't like putting the dolphins up there ahead of buffalo but I, they're undefeated so it is what it is then i got kansas city and then i put in put buffalo in there um because Buffalo lost to the Jets, who have not won a game since then. They've been terrible, so that doesn't look good for us. <laughs> Buffalo beat Washington, and we beat the Raiders. As much as I love the Bills, just like what I'm saying with the Dolphins, they beat up on the Broncos. Buffalo hasn't really beat up on anybody of any note either. So um, I am not a completely biased Bills fan. My next group here is kind of tough, though, because these guys are interchangeable. Detroit, Dallas, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh in that order. Can I go next? Because that's pretty close to mine. It's pretty so close we have to this, mine. <laughs> we have the same top five, San Fran, Philly, Miami, Kansas City, Buffalo. But then I have Cowboys, then Detroit, then Baltimore, Cleveland, and I have Indy. Okay. Because that 10 spot is a wild card right now. Anybody could be that 10 spot. But the fact that Indy somehow pulled out that win last week with Garrett Minshew – you know, uh, Anthony Richardson, he's Gardner. looked well, and I'm not being biased about my – yeah, Gardner Minshew. I'm not being biased about my bet, but, I mean, Anthony Richardson's looked pretty damn good. Played well. Uh, he's played well. Um, so, and the, the defense is coming back. They're about to get Jonathan Taylor back after this week. So, that or probably, unless he doesn't get traded. Um, you know, they're, I just think that they could be – you know, I think they could be one of those just surprise darling teams this year. So yeah, that's my I, ten. I couldn't put Dallas up there where you put him. I really kind of want to drop him a little bit more, but they did look good the first weeks. But you lose to the Cardinals, who might again there might be one of the bottom five teams. <laughs> and Detroit does have that win against the Chiefs, so that to me that carries some weight. Uh, Mike, what do you got? So, uh, yeah, very very similar to you guys. Uh, top five: San Francisco, Philadelphia, Miami, Buffalo, Kansas City. So I, I did okay. a little bias there. I did put Buffalo above Kansas City. Um, you can, I mean, you can, you, you can make, make an argument. That argument I can sure. make an argument. Absolutely. I, yes. Um, but yeah, the 
the lower five. Um, very similar as well. And I think Casey just sold me on, on the 10th spot because I had Green Bay still there. Haven't lost hope on them yet. But but I, but you just talked up Indy, so I think I'm going to throw them in there at 10. Um, so 6 through 10, Dallas, Baltimore, Detroit, Pitt, and Indy. So interesting. We all got Pittsburgh in there um, this week. I couldn't put a, a team I, I like Jordan Love in the top 10. I just no. couldn't do it. And I don't I was, have Pittsburgh. I have Cleveland, yeah. not Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, John, I do you have a top ten, or or do you just want to comment on what we've got here? No, I um, no, I don't have a top ten. My my dog ate my list. Um, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, but no, I I agree, and I you know I, I'm I'm not a Jordan Love fan. I I think Green Bay's got no business in the top ten. Um, you know, and I'm not entirely sold on Pittsburgh, so I'd probably move them down a little bit too, but. Um, other than that, I mean, I, you know, I'd have to agree with all you guys, you know? Yeah. I, I just want to note that I'm looking at the NFL power, actual power rankings right now. And green Bay is number 10. Oh, um, Cleveland was ninth, but that was before last night. I can almost was guarantee it? it. Yeah. And then they have no, the dolphins at number one. So I just wanted to throw those, those out there. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen some, I can't remember which site it was I was looking at, but um, they were talking about the Dolphins finally cracking the top five. And I've seen somewhere they have the Dolphins at seven, like PFFs, their rankings are all over the place a lot of times. Um, but there's, there's been San Francisco, Buffalo, KC, Miami, Philly, Dallas, Detroit, uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, and then Jacksonville. Uh, I just, this last week, week three, there were some upsets. There were some surprise losses in there that really, to me, kind of threw all of this out of out of yeah. whack. Like the top five was relatively easy for me. After that, I was like, I, yeah. I mean, any of these guys could be the sixth best, honestly. Like Jacksonville in my rankings. Jacksonville had the uh, divisional loss, so that kind of it kind of bumped them down for me. Oh, uh, it wasn't just a divisional loss; it was a butt kick in two well, thirty-seven. Right, yeah. I think yeah. seventeen. Yeah, they ruined my parlay. <laughs> <laughs> If it wasn't for them, I don't yeah. want to have 700 bucks. <laughs> All right. Like we're, this, we're just about out of time, but I do want to give Casey his due here. He wants to talk about this, even though this is a football show about the Bills. He wants to talk about what? Well, real quick, we got to do our score predictions, <laughs> and then we'll talk about the biggest sporting okay. event in the world. But then we have a cool it's not little Super Bowl tidbit. yet. We do have a cool little tidbit uh, that might be going on our page after in the next couple of days yeah. as well yes maybe uh all right giveaway or something so well, hit it let's roll with the score predictions uh john we'll let you go first on this one 31 24 buffalo all right uh any mini money mo go casey uh i'm gonna go 32 to 35 buffalo i guess i'm and next Mike? yeah and mine is 31 23 bills Okay, and so that leaves it up to me. I'm going to go 41-28 Bills. Damn. I think I Damn. think like them up. lay it on them. Yeah, nice. that, that defense is not very good with the Dolphins. I'm just I, I if they prove me wrong this weekend, then I'll give them props for it to do. But I have not seen them play well, so I, I'm confident in 41. I mean, we put up 37. What was it 38, 37 on the, the Washington, who's got a pretty good defense, particularly that front four. So. We'll see. Um, uh, Casey, go ahead and talk really quick about what we've got going on to look forward to on the. Everybody wake up at one thirty-five in the morning today on the East coast. If you're on the West coast, you're lucky. You're probably still awake from today, but it's USA versus Europe in the Ryder cup. And we are getting absolutely smacked right now. We're down five points the way. So each match is worth one point. So we, we lost Six and or we lost six out of eight today. There's fourteen. All teams need is fourteen and a half points to win the tournament. So we need a we need a big a big comeback, and it's not looking good. But it, it's if you like football and you like golf, this is like the number one golf tournament to watch because it's it's not quiet. I mean, it's people are rowdy. I mean, players are chirping back and forth at each other, like yeah. legitimately talking trash. It's, it's very entertaining. So yes, Roy, we, that's it, golf and Casey loves <laughs> golf. And he called out Josh Allen 
about golf. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, man, I do, because I because I'm a real American and I, I support my fellow it. Americans. All right, but back to football talk, right? Yes, back to football talk. So, uh, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. In the next coming days on the show, um, our good friend John here might be hooking us up with something, maybe uh, Bills player related, maybe Terrell Bernard, um, and might be some sort of giveaway coming on the page um, in the upcoming days. So like subscribe, share both our pages, uh, John's pages. You're going to have to do all that. So if you want to get ahead of the game now, <laughs> you go yeah, ahead John and raise uh, it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, maybe we could just have people figure it out by the hair. Yeah. There you go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very yes, cool stuff. That is, that is awesome. So be looking forward to how to, how you can, uh, get in on that and and, and get yourself a um, a Terrell Bernard. It is it is autographed, correct? It is autographed. Yeah. It's an eleven by fourteen. Uh, it's got a COA from me saying it's authentic. And uh, actually, Good if stuff. you go to the store's uh, Instagram or Facebook page, you'll actually see pictures of him signing that exact picture. Awesome. That's fantastic. So we're gonna get out of here. If you're watching, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share the show with all of your friends. Uh, we want to, you know, bring all the Bills fans together and even the spins of the world to who want to talk some crap to me. I'm here for it. So let's have a great time and let's look forward to this weekend's huge divisional matchup for the Dolphins. And go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Thanks, T Dobbs. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.